Hi there, this is Patrick, and you're listening to Youth St. Stephen, a podcast produced by the youth ministries here at St. Stephen Lutheran Church. Thanks for joining us today. We're so glad you're with us. Enjoy the message. Whoa there. Hey, it's time to squat up. You know, everybody wants a squad, a community of people that care about us. They help, they support, and they give us a place to belong. In our series, we're going to discover why the word church means something way bigger than a building. We're going to learn what life was like for some of the earliest Christians. And we're going to explore four big ideas. Those ideas mean as much for us today as they did to Jesus' people 2,000 years ago. The truth is, we can all be a part of God's family. And because we're God's family, we can do for others what God has done for us. We can grow together, and most importantly, we can stand strong together. So tell me, are you ready to squat up? All right, so I have a confession. I might be a little bit hyped up over some good drama, competition, an epic feud maybe. Think about it. Steph Curry versus LeBron James. Chick-fil-A versus that Popeye's super crispy, crunchy sandwich. Hamilton versus Burr. Ooh, I'm, I'm getting excited just talking about it. Um, so what's yours? Do you have a favorite feud that you can think of? Man, I, I'd love to hear about it. Let me know. Let me know. Anyways, I do love a good feud. But I'll be honest, I don't love every feud. I mean, yeah, chicken sandwiches, basketball, celebrities, sure. But I don't really like feuds that impact my real-life relationships. Here's an example. When I was in high school, trying to decide where to go for spring break every year with my squad was always a challenge. I mean, yeah, we could stay close. Go Daytona Beach or go further, like Alabama or the Carolinas. One year, it was my turn to choose where to go. Since we'd gone far for our last break, and I had family coming in later that week, after some thought, I figured we could go somewhere in-state. I messaged the guys and told them my decision. I thought this would work out perfectly for everyone. I would get to be close when my family came in, and they could still have a great vacation. However, when one of my friends, we'll call him Jake, found out that I didn't want to go to his favorite beach in Gulf Shores because of my family visiting, he didn't take it very well. He called me out in front of our entire group chat and said that I didn't deserve to be a decision maker for our trips. He said that I was self-centered and didn't think of anybody else. While some of my friends had my back, some guys chose Jake's side. I was at a loss for what to do. Would these guys let me stay in their squad or kick me out and never speak to me again? You know, looking back, our fight seems like less of a big deal than it did when it happened. But at that time... Man, it felt like a giant wall of division was being built between me and Jake, and neither of us were willing to tear down or climb that wall. You know, there are so many reasons why a wall of resentment might get built in a relationship. Whether it's a friend, a family member, or even somebody you hardly know, relationships aren't always easy or happy. We fight, compare, compete, and sometimes even stop talking. All of these individual bricks eventually grow into a wall of separation in our relationships. When we don't deal with them, they can result in a relationship so broken that it seems impossible to even try to put it back together. This is a problem for many of us today, but it was also a problem for the early followers of Jesus too. 
We're going to pick up where we left off last week in a book of the Bible called Ephesians. First, though, let's do a quick recap. Paul, the author of Ephesians, was one of the leaders of the early church. Remember, the church doesn't mean a building or something that happens on Sunday. It means God's family, a community of people trying to follow Jesus. In the early days of the church, before social media like Twitter and Instagram, the best way for word to get out was by letter. In the letter we're going to look at today, Paul was writing to a church family in the city of Ephesus. Now, before we dive in, you should know the early church was made up of two groups of people. There were the Jews and the Gentiles. Jesus, by the way, was a Jew. The Jews were God's chosen people, the people who were used to tell God's story and that gave us the Old Testament of the Bible. Gentiles is a word that means everyone who wasn't a Jew. So if you weren't Jewish back then, you would have been called a Gentile. Before the start of the church, the Jews and Gentiles were not people you'd often find hanging out together. For generations, they'd had big issues and differences of opinions that divided them. When Jesus arrived and declared that everyone, Jews and Gentiles, were invited into God's family, some Jews and some Gentiles finally began to come together around the message of Jesus. But, as you expected, getting along wasn't exactly easy. Paul knew that walls of separation couldn't exist between followers of Jesus if the church was going to survive. Today we're going to be reading in Ephesians chapter 2. Right now I'm going to start off in verse 11. It says, Therefore remember that formerly you, who are Gentiles by birth, and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you were who once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one and destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace, and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near, for through him we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. So I know there's a lot going on here, but here's a quick summary. Paul is talking about two walls, the wall that separated the Jews and the Gentiles, and the wall that separates all of us from God. This wall wasn't built by disagreements or misunderstandings. The wall between us and God was built by us and our sin, our rebellion against God. Paul says that through Jesus, both walls can be knocked down. Now, to fully understand what he means, we need to talk about the wall that exists between us and God. And to do that, I'm going to go back to verse 1 in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live, where you followed the ways of this world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest who were by nature deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. 
And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and that this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do so. Maybe you've heard people say this phrase, Jesus saves, or you've seen it on a poster at a football game or gratified on a wall in the city. It can sound kind of weird, right? The word saved means that Jesus has rescued us from a life and eternity without God. Sin is what we need to be saved from. It's the thing that robs us from our connection to God. Sin is anything that we do that goes against God's purpose. Because of sin, every single one of us could be separated from God. But Paul isn't writing this letter to convince anyone of that. Instead, he wants to talk about how Jesus has a plan to fix it. Jesus did fix it. Through his death and resurrection, Jesus made a way for us to no longer be separated from God. God took that step towards us and he pulled down the wall that separates us from God and made a way for us to be reconciled. In Ephesians chapter 2, Paul talked a lot about reconciliation. That's a big word. What does it mean to be reconciled? If you're taking notes, here is two really good points to help with that. First, Paul described the way Jesus tore down the walls. In verse 14, he said, Between the Jews and the Gentiles, and between us and God, there was a wall, and Jesus tore them down. It's incredible that Jesus did this for us, but that's not the end of the story. Jesus didn't just destroy this wall. Jesus then created something new, a new way for us to be close to God, and a new way for Jews and Gentiles to be united under the name of Jesus. He did two things there. He tore down both walls and created something new. Now, when I think of reconciliation, I think about tables. Hear me out. When Jesus tore down the wall of separation between us, it's kind of like he built a table and invited all of us to take a seat. I think we can both agree walls keep us separated, but tables, they let us see eye to eye. They let us have conversations, share meals, and most importantly, invite others to come and join us. Although we were separated from God and each other, God decided to make a reconciliation possible for us. Through Jesus, we can have peace with God and with each other. But what does our reconciliation with God have to do with how we get along with other people? Because of Jesus, we are reconciled with God. Because of Jesus, we can reconcile with each other. We can do for others what God has done for us. In the early church, as we talked about, there were Jews and there were Gentiles. Both groups had traditions surrounding how they followed God, and it was easy for them to get swept up in judging each other, disagreeing, and being stubborn about their own perspectives. Paul knew that walls of division would keep God's family from thriving, and the same is true today. Just like God called the Jews and Gentiles to reconcile and make peace with each other back then, God is calling us to reconcile and make peace with each other today. Just like God took that first step towards us, we can take a first step towards others. Just like Jesus tore down the walls that divided us from God, we can begin to tear down the walls we've built between each other. Just like Jesus built a new way for us to connect with God, we can work together 
to rebuild relationships that were damaged. Why? Because we're God's family. And as God's family, think of this big idea. We can do for others what God has done for us. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not always easy to reconcile with people we disagree with. Tearing down a wall can be way more difficult than it sounds, and building something new can be even more challenging. It's not easy to humble ourselves, to ask for forgiveness, or even to give forgiveness. Remember my friend Jake I told you about at the beginning? Well, here's what happened. It was all really overwhelming. I turned off my phone and sat on my bed thinking, what in the world should I do now? My friends think that I'm only thinking about myself and don't believe I should have the right to choose where we go, even though it was my turn. I went for a walk to clear my head. While I was out walking, I ran into one of my friends in my squad who had had my back about the vacation. He knew I was stressed and offered me some solid advice. Long story short, he and the other guys who had my back helped me figure out how to explain my decision to the whole squad without sounding like I was yelling at everybody. Jake and the other guys who thought I was wrong realized they were being not that reasonable. And when it came time for spring break, we had a great vacation week in Florida. No hard feelings. We're still friends to this day. Can you believe it? Experiences like this are tangible reminders for me and maybe for you too, that what Jesus did for us doesn't just matter in eternity. It matters in our everyday lives too. Because of Jesus's death and resurrection, we can be reconciled with God and with other people too. Jesus modeled for us, and Paul teaches us that we can do for others what God has done for us. This week, I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to start tearing down a wall and building a new table. Maybe the wall you need to tear down is between you and God. Jesus has already made a way for you to come to him, but maybe you need to do some work to remove the obstacles you put back in place before you can have a relationship. Maybe the wall you need to tear down is between you and someone else. Just like Jesus made the first move of reconciliation toward you and me, maybe there's somebody in your life who needs you to make that first move. Over the next 30 seconds, I want you to think, this week, how do you need to humble yourself? How do you need to ask for forgiveness? And how do you need to give forgiveness? Paul had to remind the early church how important it was for them to reconcile and to come together. That message is still true for us today. The church is God's family. If we want to act like God's family, we're going to need to tear down some walls. We're going to need to build some tables. And we're going to need to do the hard work of our big idea, doing for others what God has done for us. Thanks to Jesus, we can. Well, hey there, you're still listening. You are the true MVP. Give yourself a nice pat on the back. We as a ministry for today's youth pour our heart into these episodes. And when someone goes all in and listens to everything we've got, it makes our heart shine. 
So thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, share it with a friend. Send them a text or a snap, and feel free to post us on your story. Let us know what you thought about today's episode. You can send us an audio message on Anchor. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks again for joining in and spending some time together. We can't wait to see you again. Check out what else we've got for you at stephen.org slash youth. And remember, God loves you, no matter what. See you soon.